The big question that every writer has is, how can I sell more books? Or if they're not published yet, it's how can I write books that sell? But when writers approach selling books from a numbers perspective, they're missing out on the amazing relationships they could be building with readers through their stories. It's impossible to write books that resonate with readers when you're writing for money, because money can't read. But shouldn't writers be able to make a living with their stories? Well, when you connect with human souls, readers turn into fans and friends, and that's when consistent income begins. That and so much more. But how do writers connect with readers? That is the question this podcast aims to answer. My name is Kristen Spencer, and this is the Expensive Words Podcast. All right, welcome to another episode. Uh, I just wanted to let you know that the reason why I haven't done an episode in two days is, one, because the school's closed down again because of COVID, so that's taken some adjusting. But two... I finished Story Filters, and it is live. That means you can go to literarysymmetry.com forward slash Story Filters and get your free course that's going to help you understand how to stop doing the one thing readers hate most. All right, so today's episode is called, What Were You Thinking? (laughs) Because this morning, uh, before I got out of bed, I had like this time where I I go ahead and I just like try to think about all these things that I'm going to work on for the day. Uh, I have a thinking chair. I did not use my thinking chair this morning because I was using the heating pad on my back because my back has been sore. My arm has also been really sore. I'm not sure why. Um, But so I was thinking about Plunge Into Darkness because I'm like, do I want to try to rewrite this now? I was reading it myself Uh, like while my husband was out of town, he was officiating a wedding and in Southern California, which was colder than here when he went there, by the way, which I'm in Western Pennsylvania. So that was kind of hilarious because he didn't pack any pants, uh, which is not the only time he has not packed pants. One time we were going to Poland for our first trip as a married couple and he forgot to pack all his pants. And it was like minus 26 degrees Celsius, which is so cold that the inside nose hairs in your head, like, freeze. Um, But so (laughs) I was thinking about pants too much. But so I was like, okay, well, uh, I'm going to read some stuff while Travis is out of town. And I went ahead and reread the beginning of Plunge Into Darkness. And I was like, dang it, crap. You know, like, those are are the sweariest kinds of words I happen to say. Um, So I I was rereading it, and I was like, dang it, there is so much head-hopping in this book. Uh, And I was realizing that the rewrite's going to take a lot longer than I wanted to, so I'm kind of pushing that off a little bit further. But I have a plan. If you're a Plunge Into Darkness uh, fan, don't worry. I promise I'm going to fix the first book. I'm going to fix the second book because I already wrote that one. You guys just haven't seen it. And then I'm going to write the third book, which is going to knock your socks off because now I have a really great plan. Um, But so in that book, one of the things that took me a weirdly long time to figure out was the world building uh, surrounding what kind of food they eat because they live in this really poor farming village called Velalorn, where they farm this thing called picaro root. And if you haven't read it yet, I'm not going to tell you what picaro root does because that would be a spoiler. Um, But also they're like hunter-gatherers kind of because they can't afford to only eat the things they farm 
or else they would go hungry. So I have like this whole sequence in the book where uh, these two little girls are trying to figure out because they only have one basket and they're collecting three different things in the forest. They're collecting mushrooms, nuts, and berries. And they don't want the berries and the mushrooms to touch because then the mushrooms will taste like berries and the berries will taste like mushrooms. And that sounds super gross. And I was like, ew, no, I wouldn't want to eat that. I'm sure they won't want to eat that either. Um, So I was like, okay, we have to think about the order in which these girls will place the food. Like, are they going to go get berries first? Are they going to go get mushrooms first? Are they going to go uh, and find the nuts first? And so why am I giving you this example? Why am I talking about this? This is why writers have to think about things all the time because when you're writing something down, every single thing you're writing has to make sense because if it doesn't, that means that you're going to confuse the reader and confused readers do what? What do they do? They stop reading, right? Just like a confused mind won't buy. That's a marketing uh, quote. But it's the same thing in your story. You have to un- you have to make sure that everything you write is very clear and it makes sense, or else you're going to end up with a confused reader who's going to give you like maybe one chance to try to figure out what it was that you meant, but they still might not be able to. And so this is why writers think a lot, because we have to be able to make sure that everything not only happens in the sequence in which we need it to happen, but that everything that happens in the sequence of events, aka the plot, actually makes sense with not only uh, physics in general, unless you're writing some kind of fantasy book, and then you have to worry about the rules that you've created, uh, which you should create rules, which is something we talked about in Writing 101. You have to think about uh, physics for everywhere, (laughs) everyone except for fantasy readers, right? You have to think about like uh, basic human needs. So for example, my daughter is working on a story that she had, a story idea, and so she's like asking me questions about it. And so the first thing that I said is I'm like, okay, well, uh, how does she eat? And she's all, hmm, yeah, I'm still trying to figure that out. I'm like, how does she go to the bathroom? She's all, okay, so I'm thinking this, this, and this. And so I was so excited. Like, my mother heart was, like, swelling with joy because she had been thinking about those very basic things that have to make sense in order for the reader to be on board. And uh, I, I just, since I'm talking about things making sense, I thought I would mention a little story to you since I also talked about Plunge into Darkness because when I was rereading it, I kind of felt like crying because I was like, I paid someone uh, $500 to edit this book and there are so many mistakes. Like there are no commas for any of the introductory clauses. Uh, There's so much head hopping. Like there are things that... They're just, it's the list of things I have to fix in this book are endless. And I actually paid someone money that was very difficult for me to get at that time so that I could make sure that the book was as good as it could be, as error-free as it could be. (coughs) Excuse me, I'm going to take a drink of water. And the fact that there are still so many errors left in there was, uh, had me thinking about you. Because where you are right now is where I used to be. 
to where I, w- I was like, okay, I need to find an editor I can afford. I need help because I know I can't edit it myself. My friends are tired of reading my stuff, and actually they don't know how to edit. They're just proofreading for me. Uh, and so I was like, ugh. I paid someone to do this, and I know that you, my wonderful writer friend, are out there, you're writing, you're looking for editors who will help you, and you might come upon someone like the editor that I worked with, who I worked with, uh, who told me that they were a professional editor, but they didn't actually know what an editor does, and they didn't even uh, understand something as simple as placing a comma after an introductory clause inside of a sentence, which is super basic, like... Okay, I didn't know it either, but I was paying that person to know, and they didn't know, and it makes me really sad, (laughs) and that's why, uh, you know, Maria and I work so hard to have affordable pricing for people who need editors who don't have a ton of money, and, you know, like, we could charge a a lot more. I'm just telling you, we could charge a lot more than we charge, but because I remember how painful it was... That's why we don't, and I'm sure we won't always keep these prices, uh, but we're doing our best. And I I was thinking about all these things while I was rereading Plunge Into Darkness. And if you've heard me talk about how Maria ended up becoming my copy editor, this is how. Because Maria read Plunge Into Darkness, and she was like, oh, no, how much did you pay to have this edited? And I was like, well, I paid this much, uh, and... This is what happened, and she's like, so I just literally found, like, 30 mistakes on the first five pages. Do you want me to help you try to fix some of this before you launch? And there was no time. There was just no time left. Like, Maria went through the entire book, and she gave me a list of the most egregious errors, which is what a proofreader does, by the way. But uh, you shouldn't have that many egregious errors left in your manuscript after an actual copy editor has gone through two rounds of edits that you have paid for. And so Maria's like, here, let me help you as much as I can. I was like, gosh, you found so many things. And after that, I was like, do you just want to be my copy editor from now on? (laughs) Like, I'll just pay you instead of paying this person who's doing a junk job. And uh, I found out later on that actually Maria has a master's in teaching English as a second language, if you didn't know that about her. And that is actually what a lot of editors have because they love grammar so much. They're so careful about it because they have to teach their students how to use it that they turn into amazing editors. And when I was going through my editing program at UCSD, uh, my professor, my first professor for my grammar lab, which was literally the class from hell, and that was the class that made me cry and tell Travis, I'm going to fail like every other day. It was so hard. Um <laughs> But I learned so much. And my professor for that class was someone who has a master's in teaching English as a second language. So I was like, Maria, I was so excited to tell her. Um, So and like, this is part of it, right? This is part of the what were you thinking? Because when you're a writer, you don't just have to think about what's in the story. You have to think about the process. You have to think about the end result. You have to think about the services you need, how to format your book, how to get to the point where there is a physical book, how to sell that book to people, how to find the people who want to sell it. 
If you don't like sitting around and thinking, maybe writing is not for you because it's complicated. I mean, I'm trying to simplify it for you as much as I possibly can because I love you and I want you to get the story of your heart out into the world, but you still have to sit in your thinking chair or lay in your thinking bed, depending on if your back is hurting or not, and figure out what makes sense for this story. And uh, so that's that's one of the things we're going to be talking about over the next week. We're going to be thinking about how do I know what makes sense? And uh, this is a spoiler, but I don't care. I'm going to tell you. Uh, I'm developing a whole framework called uh, story puzzles. And story puzzles is how you connect the different pieces of your story together in a way that lets you know whether or not it makes sense. And uh, when I told Maria about this, she was like, yay. And I was like, yes, I know. We we all need something like this. Like, I need something for this, like, something streamlined for myself because I have this really long process of how to figure that out now. So I'm working on how to streamline it. Uh, and so we're going to be talking about how to make sure the pieces fit together. Uh, obviously, this isn't a full-on course, but I thought let's just dive into it on the podcast, on Expensive Words and on Instagram. And also, um, tomorrow, I'm going to be announcing a really exciting new project that is going to blow your mind because it's blowing my mind. And uh, it's what's going to happen next as far as my writing career and what I'm going to attempt that sounds insane, like literally insane. But I I think it's going to work wonderfully. I'm so excited. And I can't wait to tell you about that tomorrow. Um, but I'm not going to tell you about it today. So if you are interested in understanding how to stop doing the one thing readers absolutely hate, go check out Story Filters. It's live. I worked so hard on it. I'm so excited for you to have it. And so far, every single person who's interacted with it loves it and their writing has changed immediately. So if you want to get writing help for free and have your writing change overnight, go to literarysymmetry.com forward slash story filters and get your copy of Story Filters today. I'm so excited that I've birthed this framework into the world and that you're going to get to use it to make your storytelling even better. Uh, Remember, it is never too late to write the story of your heart. That's all for me today. This has been Kristen on the Expensive Words podcast, pouring out my heart for you, my wonderful listener. If there's any question you want to ask me, if there's anything you want to tell me, You can go to expensivewords.com or you can find me on Instagram at kristen.n.spencer. And I would love to hear your wonderful writing thoughts from your amazing writing brain. Happy writing.